sure as God made green apples, someday the Chicago Cubs are going to be in the World Series. And maybe sooner than we think. Here's the old line. This is going to be a tough play. What's going on, Cubs fans? You are listening to Lockdown Cubs, part of the Lockdown Network, your team every day. I am your host, Sean Sears, and on today's episode, we are previewing the quick two-game series of the White Sox as the Crosstown Classic returns to Wrigley Field. We'll talk all things Southsiders in the first segment and then touch on a few Cubs bolts as well as see how the rest of the teams that played in the NL Central last night did. Today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there, do that, get rewarded. You can get Locked On Cubs on the Himalaya app as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn App Radio, Stitcher, anywhere you can find podcasts, you can find Locked On Cubs. And for some reason, if you can't, if you have in your car commuting on to work, or if you have a smart device, tell it to play podcast Locked On Cubs for all your great content. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Locked On Cubs, and you can follow myself on Twitter at Sean R. Sears. So let's take a quick look at these two games. Obviously, Wednesday night's game, as I kind of teased on the show yesterday, a little more exciting than today's. But even still, obviously, Lucas Giolito and John Lester facing off Wednesday. That's appointment viewing for sure. But today's game featuring Cole Hamels and Ivan Novoa. Novoa, not so great for the White Sox. And pretty much everyone not named Lucas Giolito in the starting role isn't pretty bad. Um, Ivan Novoa. Obviously, pitcher for the uh, Yankees and then Pirates for a moment, but uh, a 6.28 ERA. He's 3-5 and five on the season. He's got 51 strikeouts compared to 21 walks, but he's allowed 14 home runs this season. Um, in his last most recent start against the Yankees, he went 5-2 and two thirds, uh, allowed 6 hits, 4 earned runs, 2 walks, 5 strikeouts. He's allowed 4 runs in his last 2 starts, 3 runs in the most recent start against Cleveland. Um, he His best start came against... Kansas City in the last five starts. He won five innings, um, had a decent start against Toronto, only allowed one run in both the Kansas City Royal game, and then, of course, this game against Toronto, but in the game following, gave up eight earned runs. Um, the VOA season has been pretty brutal. Um, for what it's worth as well, the White Sox rotational starting or starting rotation ERA is, I think, at 544 in the season. So it's been bad. Um, so Navoa, not a guy that I think the Cubs should struggle with necessarily. Um, he looks like an excellent rebound candidate for the Cubs. And then facing Navoa, um, there's some guys that have seen him a decent amount. Javier Baez in 21 at-bats is OPSing 737. Um, we've got uh, Wilson Contreras in 11 at-bats batting over 1,000, or OPSing over 1,000, excuse me. Uh, Cargo, 15 games and 11, excuse me, 1183 ER. Or Cargo. Uh, and 15 at bats has got an 11.83 OPS. Jason Hayward 22 at bats, 9.09 OPS. Rizzo 17 at bats, 
an OPS of 1,004. Um, Schwarber in 16 games, OPS in 837. So matchups definitely pointing towards the Cubs. In terms of Cole Hamels, not a ton of guys have seen Hamels. Um, essentially, they would have only been able to see him against the Rangers. So it's really Jose Abreu, Abreu and uh, Yonder Alonso. Alonso obviously been bad. Not great against Cole Hamels either in eight games. He's OPSing 393. Uh, Jose Abreu, different story in nine games, OPSing 1444. Um, Wellington Castillo, former Cub. In three games, he's OPSing 2,000. Um, and then we've got a bunch of guys like uh, James McCann, nine games, 666. Uh, nothing really there. So, I mean, uh, this this is all lining up. This should be an easy series for the Cubs, at least a good win for, for Tuesday. Wednesday, as great as Giolito has been, should still probably be a win for the Cubs. Um, but take a look at the White Sox themselves, and they've got some good guys on this team. Obviously, Tim Anderson is having a great season. Um, his Power numbers are kind of dipping away. It's the entire roster for the uh, the, the the White Sox outside of Jose Abreu really doesn't hit for a ton of power at the moment. Aloy Jimenez has come back. He's got 11 home runs on the season, but Tim Anderson just hit his 10th. He shot through. He was at one point leading the majors, I think, with like eight home runs. Looked incredible. Him and um, Young Moncada were both really hitting the ball extremely hard in terms of home runs. They're not necessarily doing that as much. You know, Moncada's got 12 home runs, but they're still hitting with a bunch of power. Um, slugging, I mean, not a ton, but a lot more power than we've seen them. Uh, Moncada slugging at 504, Tim Anderson at 485. It's not great, but for who these guys are, it's pretty good. Um, we're seeing some guys, I mean, they're, they're both leading the team essentially in OPS at this moment. And James McCann, another guy with some pop in his bat, doesn't have a ton of home runs, but still PSing 883. So there's some okay guys in this lineup, but there's no one I, I'm necessarily terrified of. Moncada's got, um, you know, he's had a good approach to the plate, but he's not someone I'm necessarily, I, I don't look at him as the Chris Bryant of the White Sox quite yet. Um, and then the uh, the bullpen is good, not great. Alex Colome, he's got 14 saves on the season. He makes sense as a guy the White Sox might potentially trade, but they could also keep him. He's kind of in a similar situation he was in with Tampa. Uh, Kelvin Herrera, not great, but has um, obviously a background of being very good, a 6.58 year rate. Not fantastic. Uh, but then there's Aaron Bummer, who picked up his first save a couple days ago. He's got an ERA of 174 and about 20 innings of work. 21 strikeouts compared to just five walks. He can be filthy at times. Same could be said for Juan Manaya. Um, he's got 19 strikeouts. He's a little more wild, though, with eight walks. There's some guys on this team that that, that have something. I wouldn't necessarily... I, I'm, not, I'm not sure what you call it. <laughs> They've been okay. Um, it is it is what it is. This White Sox team is still not very good, despite being just a couple games under 500. they They're a lot better than they were last year. Pythagorean Theorem has them at 30 and 40. They're at 34 and 36. So, I mean, playing better than what I think people expected them to, but they're also in a division that, I mean, essentially it's the Twins right now. Cleveland has somewhat of a shot. They're 10 games back, but 37-34. They're fighting to stay above 500 too. I mean, the White Sox 12 and a half games back. They're not in play for this division, but they're playing a lot better, and this is a big year for the Sox. We're seeing some guys kind of step up. I mean, obviously, Lucas Giolito, his numbers are incredible right now. Um, a 2.22 ERA. He's got 95 strikeouts compared to just uh, 26 walks. It's K per nine of 10.6 on the season. Um, he's definitely a Cy Young candidate for sure. A 271 FIP compared to his 222 ERA. So he's pitching pretty close to the numbers, which is great. Um, He's been incredible. The rest of this rotation, not so great. Obviously, Carlos Rondon went down. He wasn't doing so hot. Uh, Dylan Covey hurt as well. Wasn't doing much better. Uh, Ronaldo Lopez has been pretty brutal. Um, I think in almost 
all but a couple of his starts, he's allowed more than two runs. Um, he's had a couple games where he's allowed eight runs in the last couple weeks. He, he's been bad. Um, he's, he's not great. <laughs> um, same thing can be said for Ivan Novoa. Uh, obviously, they've got pitching coming. Dylan Cease is the guy we'll probably hear a lot about in these next two games simply because he was a part of that Cubs trade, but he's close to coming up too. So um, overall, I mean, this White Sox team, a lot better than we've seen in the last couple of years and surprisingly are leading the series, I think 60 to 58 all time. So I think the Sox stole two games last year from the Cubs. And if I remember correctly, last couple of years, the Cubs have like weirdly split these series or like they'll win at um, guaranteed rate, but lose at Wrigley or vice versa. Take two or three from each other, something like that. But it's been relatively evenly matched. So, regardless, no one on the teams is really that amped up to to play one another necessarily. Maybe Dylan Covey and and, and uh, <laughs> Chris Bryant because they're friends. Uh, but former Cub, obviously. Or, but uh, I mean, it just you know it doesn't mean as much as it used to. So it, it's more for the fans. If you're going to the game, enjoy yourself. It's going to be a good time. It always is at Wrigley Field, but especially when the White Sox fans come in, uh, don't take anything too seriously. Let's not all make fun of each other's teams. Uh, one team's bad. One team's playing better, but kind of bad at times too. Let's just enjoy baseball, okay? That's all I can ask for. So let's roll into the second segment. But before we do that, I do have a quick word from our sponsor, Blue Chew. Guys, let's talk about sex. Good sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. Blue Chew. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever a moment arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants that extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the U.S., and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use special promo code MLB. Just pay $5 for shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code MLB to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank that for sponsoring Lockdown Cubs. Welcome back to Lockdown Cubs. Here in the second segment, we've got a couple quick bolts I want to touch on, but before we do that, I've been seeing it on Twitter all day, and it was kind of coming up this weekend, too, because the White Sox and Cubs are facing each other. But Twitter is now asking the question, of course, which we'll never get an answer to. um, Do the Cubs still make the Jose Quintana trade if they know what they know now? So let's compare kind of the value or the the assets we simply had here. Um, You know, it was Aloy Jimenez, Dylan Cease, um, a couple fringe players that don't really matter at this point. and then you've got Jose Quintana coming to the Cubs. And now the big deal here for the Cubs is they get a pitcher with upside who at the time, Jose Quintana, prior to getting traded, had looked really good. Like one of the best pitchers in baseball at, per- at certain points of the season prior in 2016. Towards the end of it, and even the beginning of 2017, he was looking better. Um, but he, he struggled a little bit for the Sox. And then when he got traded to the Cubs, had that great strikeout game for Baltimore and whatnot. But the, the, the thing for the Cubs is that he had five years of team control. You know, the Cubs have had him now for three years. He's stabilized that bullpen. He's allowed, or excuse me, rotation allowed them to go after guys like you know, you Darvish or whoever. And now, obviously, we can talk about all day about whether or not you Darvish was the right move. But at least the price point that 
um, Quintana came at allowed them to be able to go get you Darvish and, you know, work a deal out that way too. So he gave them flexibility and ultimately he's having a pretty good season. You know, he's going to have those starts where he gets roughed up a little bit or, you know, in his most recent start against the Dodgers, he did give up some runs, but I mean, he wasn't getting much run support. It's tough to do anything when your margin of error is one run, you know? So I, I think Kitana has been really solid. I, I don't think he's ever going to be an ace. And I think the people that thought they were getting an ace level guy were, were kind of kidding themselves a little bit, but even considering who else the Cubs could have maybe traded for in that moment, Sonny Gray has not been much better. He's now with the Cincinnati Reds. He got traded to the Yankees and was garbage. They couldn't use him. He was essentially their Tyler Chatwood. And now he's with the Reds, and he's had okay moments and overall collectively had a better season than he had with the Yankees, but he's still not great. I wouldn't put him ahead of Jose Quintana. Um, are you splitting hairs? Maybe, but Quintana's definitely been more reliable and a guy I definitely trust more in terms of you know health, um, and just executing his pitches. Sonny Gray seems like he's all over the place right now. Um, Quintana has not been that way. And obviously with the added changeup, he's been much more effective this year. So I, I think what you got in uh, Jose Quintana, while he's not the superstar pitcher that I think people kind of put him into this box because of the package and return he was getting back, the contract that, that he had was so team-friendly. That was really the biggest asset a part of Quintana. I mean, obviously, the pitching's great, and that's what you're getting him for, but the contract you got for him, incredibly affordable, and, you know, you're, you're doing all right. Now you're looking at Dylan Cease, Aloy Jimenez. Jimenez, obviously, up on the team, signed his extension. He's going to be on this team for, you know, another five years, everyday starter type of guy. That's been settled, and that's great. Um Dylan Cease coming closer and closer. He's had a couple of really good starts. He should be on his way. He's probably September called this year, maybe. If not, he'll definitely be a guy that breaks camp with them in spring training next February, March. So he's on his way. He's probably a year away at most at this point. Um, so, I mean, Cease is great, but you also just don't know. I mean, it, the Cubs needed a pitcher now. They couldn't wait another two, three seasons for Dylan Cease to, to be on this roster and be, a, be the guy he is. While he looks great, He's been great since he's been injured when he, when he got injured as a high school player coming up through the, mi- the minor system. I mean, obviously, he's just developed into this great guy, this great pitcher that the White Sox are gonna, extremely lucky to have. But, I mean, the Cubs needed, even if they kept Dylan Cease, they still needed another starter. They needed someone to pitch for 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020. And Dylan Cease could have been maybe in the picture by 2020, but the Cubs still would have needed to add a guy. You needed this starter. And as while Quintana isn't the guy that I think a lot of fans hoped that he could be, he's still a valuable pitcher. He's still been extremely reliable. Um, he goes out there and, and, and does the best he can each time. He's a gamer. And, you know, we don't hear complaints about Jose Quintana. Jose Quintana isn't going up to the mic and being like, ugh, you know, darn, if the Cubs had given me a couple more runs, I could have won this game easily. You know, like that doesn't happen. Quintana's had quite a few games like that this year. And he still goes out there and does his job. I the situation could be much worse than what it is now. And what you gave up, it's still hard to see. I think I think you have to look back at this trade maybe two, three more years down the road when you see what Eloy Jimenez has truly become, when you truly have a couple seasons to evaluate both these players in terms of you know major league seasons, what they're doing against these guys, making adjustments, going more than just a couple months. You know, So uh, it's hard to tell. I think ultimately the Cubs got exactly what they needed um, and maybe not exactly what they wanted. And I think that's where a lot of people kind of get lost here. Overall, I think when you look back at this trade and it's still kind of hard to see who won it, I think ultimately it's a good trade then. Because most trades, you don't totally happy. You aren't 100% happy with the decision you make. There's still, you know, that means it was probably likely even. So we'll see. 
the White Sox are hoping, and I, I hope too, that Dylan Cease and, and Aloy Jimenez turn into these great players, and you know, Jose Quintana served his purpose, and then some. You know, I think the people kind of get caught up on, well, he hasn't brought us a championship. We haven't won a championship with Jose Quintana. That's not his fault. He's definitely helped get the Cubs to where they were to get even to the point where they could win a championship. So I, I think the argument's dumb. I just think ultimately the Cubs got a pretty good pitcher. The White Sox got two guys that could turn into something really special. And while that's disappointing, you know, where was Aloy Jimenez going to play? Were you going to trade Kyle Schwarber? Were you going to move Jason Hayward to right center field full time? You know, what were you going to do? Aloy doesn't necessarily look like the most spring chicken type guy out there in the field anyways. You know, your defense changes. There's a ton of things that people aren't looking into anymore. So they just see Aloy Jimenez smash two runs and be like, well, Jose Quintana lost yesterday, so it's not worth it. Be, be smarter, okay? For those of you that are heading to the game, check out the uh, Cub store at the park at Wrigley. They do have Craig Kimball jerseys in the in the window now. I'm sure you can make custom jerseys, but the Cubs have already gone ahead and made a bunch for you. So if you've been dying to pick up a Craig Kimball jersey, there's one there. I'm sure there's one at a bajillion of the other outlets too. I just saw pictures on Reddit and saw that was there. So awesome see Kimbrell, like I said. Probably next week we'll see Kimbrell in the roster, so that's exciting. Um, more news about Abbott Alizé. It sounds like he is still being kind of teased as a guy that could come up at some point. Um, um, there was a quote from uh, Gordon Whitmire that was quoting Epstein talking to reporters saying, Alzale is not a real role at AAA, and we've been planning even before this to possibly give him a couple spot starts or some point over the next month or so, Epstein said, just to get his feet wet and also to give our veteran rotation guys a little bit of a breather during a stretch and schedule where we don't have a lot of days off. Um, that's kind of exactly what Epstein said prior, um, a little bit different to um, – Jesse Rogers, and then as well as Jordan Bastian, uh, you know, that same old, same old. It, it makes sense now, particularly with the stretch the Cubs are going to be in. Obviously, yesterday was their one of their lone off days till like, I think sometime after the 4th of July. So they've got a lot of consecutive games coming up. Alzale would make a lot of sense to give these guys a moment. So same with, I mean, that's probably one of the biggest reasons Kyle Hendricks went on the 10-day IL. They knew he was going to need a breather and might as well get another guy up and do all that while you can. So um, pitching. Could get in, getting some reinforcements here in terms of Edward Elzai, which would be great. So hopefully that happens. Um, AL or All-Star voting rankings right now. Wilson Contreras and Javier Baez are leading their respective positions at catcher and shortstop in terms of votes. Javier Baez at 1,672,062 votes. Uh, Contreras at 1,555,490 votes at catcher. Anthony Rizzo is third on this list for first baseman, just behind Josh Bell and Freddie Freeman. Both those guys deserve that. Tommy LaStella, former Cud, leading all the AL second base right now for the Angels at a little over a million votes. Awesome stuff. Daniel Descalso in the middle of the pack, kind of. I, he doesn't deserve to be on an all-star roster, but it just shows Cubs fans voting. Chris Bryant, second behind Nolan Arenado. He's about... Honestly, another 800,000 behind um, Nolan Arenado. Arenado's almost at 1,500. Bryant at just under 90,000 or 900,000. Um, outfield, we've got Al, um, Albert Almora, Jason Hayward, as well as Kyle Schober in the top 10. Um, they take a good amount of outfielders. Elmore or Hayward could sneak in. They're right there next to each other. Uh, Elmore edging him out. He's actually the fourth outfielder on this list now, just behind Bellinger, um, Yelich, and Ronald Acuna Jr. You've got Elmore, Hayward, the Marquez, Peterson, Schwarber. Um, so Cubs have a good chance to get a couple outfielders on this roster, which would be pretty cool. But, I mean, regardless, Cubs are definitely going to be well-represented in this All-Star game. They're going to at least have probably two, three guys for sure, possibly four 
four if they take three first baseman. I would assume Anthony Rizzo is probably a guy that's going to be on this roster just because of the star potential there. Um, so, I mean, four guys potentially, that's huge. And then who knows, starters-wise, if Craig Kimbrell has a couple good outings, maybe they throw him on the roster. I kind of hope not, but um, <laughs> it is what it is. So, um, also voting looking good for the Cubs. That's always exciting it doesn't really mean anything but it just shows the fans are voting and that's good um and then nl central update here quickly the brewers lost yesterday to the padres two to nothing manny machado hit a home run in this game um milwaukee just couldn't do much uh joe lacasi uh pitched pretty good for the uh for the padres obviously only allowed four hits in total from the brewers pretty good stuff so the cubs now only a half game back cincinnati lost or beat the astros surprisingly they're pitching pretty good as we've mentioned before they limited the astros to four total hits all game and they scored those last two runs in a couple awkward situational things in the seventh but the the reds tacked on three runs in the fifth and were able to hold on till the end so good stuff for the reds luis castillo on the mound for the reds obviously he's been incredible he's likely an all-star starter for sure at this point um been great so uh, but taking a look at the rest of the nl central standings here quickly um like i said milwaukee at 40 and 32 now they're only a half game up on the cubs here with 39 and 32 st louis now only two and a half back they're 37 and 34 cincinnati 32 and 38 they're seven games back and have jumped the pittsburgh pirates for fourth place a half game up now on the pirates who are 32 and 39 seven and a half back from the division that'll about do it here for lockdown cubs now before we go i do have one final word from our sponsor playbook products Remember where you were when Ben Zobers hit the go-ahead double in Game 7 of the World Series? Or how about when Chris Bryant scooped up that chopper and threw the final out to Anthony Rizzo to clinch the 2016 championship? Playbook Products commemorates the greatest plays in all major sports with over 150 teams. We even have college football and basketball. They've been featured in ESPN as well as The Ringer. Um, perfect for Father's Day, I know past this Sunday, but if you're still looking for something or your dad's trying to put together the perfect man cave, uh, Playbook Products has a bunch of cool things. Like I've mentioned before, slate coasters, coffee mugs, posters, phone cases, drawstrings bag, drawstring bags, a ton of different things with all these moments from your favorite team's history. Essentially like the Cubs with Ben Zoberist and Chris Bryant. They've got David Ross's home run, I believe. Dexter Fowler's leadoff home run in game seven as well. Um, a couple home runs from the Dodgers series or Kyle Hendricks's great game. You know, there's a ton of different things there. You should check it out. But if if you're looking for something to get you know your man cave your dad's man cave whoever's man cave it's your mom's man cave i don't care you know um save yourself 15 percent off of the code locked on that's l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n to get all these awesome products from playbook products playbook products rest your pine on history and the greatest plays in sports Remember to get this show every day, you need to subscribe to Lockdown Cubs on the Himalaya Podcast app or whatever podcast app you use, whether it's Google Play, Podca- Apple, Spotify, TuneIn App Radio, Stitcher, anywhere you can find podcasts, you can find Lockdown Cubs. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Cubs for all the great content, as well as updates for all sorts of things. Cubs, of course, follow myself at Sean R. Sears. I'll be releasing a power ranking for fan-sided today, so keep an eye out for that. Thanks for tuning in to your daily Cubs podcast. Enjoy the rest of your day, and let's help the Cubs with the White Sox, huh? Nothing wrong with that. You guys have a good one.